Welcome to the Yeshiva Shalmaiwa. This is David Lichtenstein. And this week we have an interesting program. It's 30 years. We had big machlekes in Klal Yisrael. On one side we had Maron Harav Shach. On the other hand side we had the Chabad Skarebi, the great Ramash. And they had strong differences of opinion. So let's look at it so many years later, hear from Talmidim of both and try to understand what they argued about. And this program will be done with the greatest Derech You know, these are Maharare Kaidesh, and these were Bachoikasin that came from Roimimus, they came from differences of Hashkafat, but they're important for us to understand what were the differences, and are they relevant today? We will hear from Rabbi Yisachar Doiv Lederman, he's a brother-in-law, of Rosh Hashiva of Baltimore. He's a Talmud, Muvik of Rav Shach. He learned from him for many years. Rav Shach was Mamanahim as on many Shlichasin. He made him Rosh Moistis, various Moistis. He was very Mekuriv. From We will have from Chabad, Rav Chaim Dolphin, who wrote many Sfarim. He wrote the uh, Labavitch Rebbe and Rabarin, Labavitch Rebbe and Rav Hutna. He wrote about Labavitch Rebbe and Rav Soloveitchik. And the many, you know, best selling Sfarim. And on the actual machloikis that they had then, is it, do we still have anything? Is, is, it, is there anything left today, any remnants of this disagreement today? And even there we have a split. We asked this question to Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky, how do we look at Chabad today? And here's his response. We should truly consider them our brothers. Here was Rabbi David Cohn's response. Uh, I, I don't even think you need my comment. Of course they should be embraced. They're our brothers. The very fact that some of them, are the, the fact that many of them believe that the Rebbe was Mashiach in no way excludes them from Klal Yisrael. Throughout the ages, there have been people who had this kind of hashkafa. It's not a psal. You're not mechayif to believe it. So that is not a psal at all. The only people who deserve Richuk are people who are Pekrosim, and it's very difficult to be Makar of them. There are, unfortunately, those who believe in the, 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 the uh, uh, what is it, Elakaimimimimimimimata. Uh, those individuals, they need Richuk. But as a whole, the whole Lubavitcher movement, who spoke about Richuk? The fact that some people resented that they believe the Rebbe's Mashiach has nothing to do with Rechuk. Amazing. They're our brothers. You heard the Psak, that he was insulted at the question, Rabbi David Kohn. Here was Ramendel Shafran, the leading Chassidish Apaisic in Eretz Yisrael. I think everybody that really travels is Mechabit Chabad for what they do. And they result in Chabad what they do. What I think they do, they do wrong. I don't think there's a, a bad attitude to Chabad that someone is, uh, I don't know what, against. They're doing something. They're doing something very good. Whoever goes to all kinds of medinas in, in Hong Kong and there and here and the old Stockholm in India and uh, all kinds of medinas, they always tell about Chabad, how they help them there, help them there. Chabad Yisrael is Nephodic. Very good. They're doing something very good. And uh, whatever they're doing good is very good. And what they're doing no good is no good. And we don't have to be machshir 
things that we don't like because they're doing something good, and we don't have to be mezals of what they're doing good. <laughs> I think the, the attitude is really good to them. It's not bad. Nobody hates them or nobody. We, we don't like their ashkofas. Good. We don't like their ashkofas. They don't have to. They can't further uh, accept my ashkofas and accept what I am because I'm doing tovis with Christ. So you're doing tovis. You're very good. And we inhabit it. And it's very nice. On the other hand, what we don't like, we don't like. <coughs> a person can't okay. further from someone, Hechshir, on everything he does because he says something good. And meet Sajani. Here's Rapershal Shechta, a real, you know, a Litzvak. Let's hear what he has to say. There's a big group in Chabad who pray to the Rebbe, so that's clearly not permissible. That's what we call Avodah The others are very angry that the Rebbe was Mashiach. So look, we hope uh, he was Mashiach. Can you hear line, whoever Mashiach is? We'd like him to come soon. I don't know. The yeshiva world, I think, is upset. Why? There's a a small group that they're afraid may be getting bigger who pray to the Rebbe. So that's uh, terrible. One thing leads to the other. If you keep on hacking that the Rebbe is Mashiach, then the next thing you know is uh, that's what Yoshke also is. So the second name that he has that begins with a C, that means Mashiach. So that the the emuna that he was Mashiach led them to pray to him. That's what led to the whole uh, disaster. Today is December twenty fifth when I'm talking, so it's uh, it's what to be concerned about. The emphasis, the over emphasis on Mashiach, is going to lead to Avodah Zarah. In the past, it did. In the past, in Jewish history. With Shabbat Tzvi and other movements, it did lead to Avodah So that's what the yeshiva world is concerned about. And even though it's so many years later, and it, if anything, it's, it, w- it would appear to be dissipating, we sh- nothing has changed in that respect. I don't. I I don't think it's dissipating. I think uh, the people praying to the Rebbe. My impression is that there are more. That there are more people praying to the Rebbe. There are more people who believe that the Rebbe is Mashiach. I think it's a bigger percentage now than years ago. Maybe I'm okay. wrong. And from the uh, Sephardi part of the world, our great brother, brethren, here is Reb David Yosef, the son of the Rishon Litzian, the head of Sephardi Shemoistus in Eretz Yisrael, how in the, by the Sephardim, how they articulate any Hashkafic differences today we may have with uh, Chabad. It's not, it's a very difficult question. But I want to tell you, first of all, Chabad, in the world, did a great job. What they did, no one did. What the Rebbe did with Am Israel, with Kiruv, no one did. I met rabbis from Chabad that live, they live not in Miami, Florida, or in New York. They live in Siberia, 30, 40 degrees below the zero Fahrenheit and um, Celsius. They live in places, poor places, and they walk L'Shem Shemaim. What they do in the world is great, from one side. From the other side, I don't agree with people that say the Rebbe is still alive. I think it's not allowed to say that. Allowed to say that. And in Eretz Israel, many, many people, Lubavitch people, they believe that the Rebbe died. They say the Rebbe died. 
And they write about him, זכותו יגן עלינו, זכר צדיק לברכה. They write in his books, זכר צדיק לברכה. And the people that believe he's still alive, I wish, after so many years, they will open their eyes and they will believe about the truth. But from, as I said, from the other side, we, we have to see the good and the, not to be... belong to one side. We cannot close our eyes from seeing what great things Chabad did. So we have to convince them to make the people that still think they are still alive, to convince them that they are wrong. It's a very bad idea. It's against Judaism, against the Torah. But from the other side, We have to see the good things Chabad are doing, like I said. So our program today is, what were the Hashkafic differences, and are their disagreements still relevant? Before we go, I want to talk about, um, say it's Vartaira on the, uh, you know, Ben HaMetzarim. You know, this year, Tisha B'Av is on Shabbos. So it's Nizcha to Sunday, and the Shulchan Aruch actually discusses it in Tav Kuftan Beis. And it says that in Chal Tishabov on Sunday, you're allowed to eat meat, drink wine, even by the Suda HaMafsekes. And you know how much? Umayla al Shulchanai kisuda shloima be'es mochusai. The famous expression, you could eat like Sudas shloima b'shaitai. Interesting. The, uh, the Mishnabura brings two opinions. He says, uh, the Magen Avram says, even though you could eat whatever you want, you should sit all... The daival nefesh should be without simcha, and you shouldn't sit with friends. On the other hand, the great Tvorshoyer, right, argues on him, and he says that if somebody sits Shabbos with friends, and they dance and they sing, you could do that when Tisha B'Av is Chal Shabbos, or if Nidchet is Sunday, or if it's if Erev Tisha B'Av is, is Shabbos. Either way, we don't do anything different. So we see we have here a very fundamental machlaikas. And I want to try to explain it, give a little bit of a time in it. And I additionally want to say, you know, the Pritzadik has an interesting question in Tvarim. He says, when the Gemara says, like, Suda Shloyme B'Shaitai, he says, Rashi Springs, right, that Avram Avinu made the biggest Sudas, much bigger than Shloyme Sudas. He says, so why does the Gemara say, and the Shulchan Aruch, that on Erev Tishabav, you can make Suda Shlomo B'Shaitai, it should say, make bigger, make like Suda Shlomo B'Shaitai. And he says a, a Teretz. And I want to give a different possible answer, and I think it's very relevant to our life. And I heard a word from Yaakov Feitman, he said over from Rafat, that something beautiful, it's actually, I found it afterwards, something similar to it in the Rishima Slave. He says, you know, When Shlomo HaMelech built the Beis HaMikdash, and when Hurdus built Bayesheni, it was a gorgeous building. And the Gemara says in Baba Basra and Avdalit, it was Avnei Kuchoshish, it was made out of marble, and it was, it was like green and white marble, like the Gagali HaYam, Ke'udvas HaDiyama. So the Gemara says, first they wanted to cover it with gold. Make it a beautiful gold, like the Dome of the Rock today is gold. They want to make the walls gold, cover it. But the uh, Chazal didn't want. And uh, they said, no, leave it as the waves of the sea. So Rafutna said something beautiful. He said that 
at the end of Parshas Bereshis, it says, Vayinachem Hashemah, that he made men. Goyechad Sholas Rabbi Shua ben Karacha. He says, doesn't the Rabbani Shalom go, you're believing God? Yeah. Does he know everything? Yeah. So how could he regret? How could he not know? How could he feel bad that he made men? Didn't he see that in the beginning? So he said to him, I want to ask you something. Did you have a son? He said, yeah. He said, did you make a party when he was born? Yeah. He said, don't you know that he's going to, one day he's going to die? So the guy answered him, but and that when he's born, I'll rejoice. And one day he'll die. That'll be a sad day. But each, everything has its proper time. So Rabbi Yochanan told him, he said the same thing by Kavi Yochel. He rejoices when he rejoices. Everything has its proper time. So Rafutna said, that's Pshat and Tillim. It says, When the waves roar, the Rabbanish Shalom praises them. So the Radak explains to Shabchem, what does it mean? So Rafutna said, every wave, it comes to a peak, it, 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 it crescendo, how long does a wave last? 30 seconds, a minute, a two minute wave, and then it crashes. So why are you roaring if you're going to crash down to earth two minutes later? And the answer is, when I roar, I roar. And when my time will be done, I'll crash down. But that won't stop me. That doesn't stop me from roaring when I have the opportunity. The Seigalov, when the, the, the waves lift their voice and they raise up, Atatashabchem, Drabanishon praises them. They seized the moment. They lived in their moment of glory. They didn't look to tomorrow, what would ultimately happen. Srafutna so said to say he said when when the when the bias was built, they knew that it would be destroyed one day. Chazal knew. So he said, you know what? Make it like the waves of the ocean. Today it's fantastic. Today it's a makam kapara, it's makam shrina. Tomorrow it won't be. Let's rejoice today. So I want to say Tishabov is on Shabbos. We, we're eating the Suda. How could you rejoice? You know that by the Suda Samafsekis, you can eat Basavayayat. You know, in a few few minutes, it's going to be ice. What are you rejoicing for? And you know what the answer is? What is the what is the washing of the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch? You should eat like Shleim Abishaitai. Shleiman, who the Beis HaMegdash would be destroyed. Shleiman, who his kingdom one day would be gone. At the end, he was only Melech HaMakleit. He lost his kingdom at the end. But you know what? Bishaitai, he made Sudas Shloima Bishaitai. So on Tishabav, that's Chal on Shabbos, what does the Tvoshar say? Rejoice, Basar, Yayin, without Daiv and Lev. That's the Jewish way, he says. Beis Chedvasa Chedvasa. Makanav Ram argues. Right? Mishnabur brings both. Tasachron, he brings the Tvoshar. That was always our minig, that on Shabbos, but wherever we went, we ate wine and meet, and we rejoiced on Shabbos, based chedvasa, chedvasa. There's a story we've said before, that the Rosh HaKol, Kivega, became fry. This happened, you know, Haskalah blew across the world after the French Enlightenment. And, according to the story, Rabbi Kivega fired him. He used to be the Baltikeya in the Shul, he was Rosh HaKol, the Baltikeya, and Rabbi Kivega fired him. So this guy went to the, the Duke, the Ferdinand, of Posen in Germany, and he told them, you know, I was fired, I was thrown out, I can't blow a because I became more secular, because I started studying in you, whatever it may be. 
So he they called uh, Rabbi Kivega to a uh, like a case in front of a, a hearing in front of the uh, the duke. And this case said, you know, the rabbi he's against pro- being progressive, and so the duke said, no, are you talking against education? And so Rabbi Kivega said, listen, you know, he, what's the holiest day of the year? He told the, the, this 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 Prussian uh, guy. He said, the guy said, I know Yom Kippur. You know, the Day of Atonement, he said he was educated. Shabuki Vega said, he used to blow on Rosh Hashanah. Now, you know what? We're going to give him to blow on the holiest day of the year to show our value of education on Rosh At the end of Yom Kippur, we blow one big blast. He could have that. So this Rosh Hashanah is looking at Shabuki Vega. What, you gave me all the derisis, the hundred koilas, with the minig after his man, it's it's most already choil to blow the tzkia, like it's it's like a joke. So he's he starts to talk. He says, "I'm going to try to explain to the duke the racist rabbanon's mate." So he just looks at the guy and he says, "No, it's it's not a fair trade. He's just fooling you." So he says, "Why?" He says, "Because on Rosh Hashanah you blow a hundred times. It's true, Yom Kippur is a holy day, but you just blow one time." So the guy looks at this. This Rashi Kali says, I don't understand something. He's giving you the shaifer, the horns, the ram's horn in your hand? He says, yeah. He says, if you have it in your hand, blow a hundred times. Blow as long as you want, as loud as you want. <laughs> right. But what's the takeaway? And from Shalom Shvadrad, use this one. Drabayni Shalom gives us each 70 years, maybe in Begvurah a short amount of time, the amount of time of a breaking wave of a flower, a flowering tree, an eternity, that's how much time. He gave you the shifer in your hand. Are we going to live fearful lives? What about if this happens? What about he said, she said, what does my, this one's going to say if I did this? Or are we going to leave the, the lies to, to, to reveal our potential? Use this moment. Are we going to blow that shifer with all the energy we have? That's the opinion of the Tzvoshire. It's Erev Tishabav. Our whole lives are Erev Tishabav. But you know what? Even by Suda Samafsekes, Basa V'yayin, because you have the Shaifa now in your hand. Blow as hard as you can. And what's the lesson for us? Tomorrow there will be problems. Guaranteed. How do I know that? Mishil Susharim brings that if a person has 40 days without joy, without trouble in their life, they could be assured that they got their Olam Haba in this world. So there's always going to be problems tomorrow. I promise you. But you know what? Right now it's wonderful. So let's rejoice now. And there's a powerful lesson from these days. We have Zman Simchasenu and we have Bein HaMetzarim. And what is the Torah telling you? Don't, don't, each time, live that moment. Think of the way Chazal Wakaveya, a simon, a whole simon, and there's a very few simonim in Shulchan Aruch that only have one halacha. There's only a handful of simonim. But in Reish Chavav, a bracha, when you see a flowering, the, the flowering trees come out. Well, think of it. How long does that flower last? A day, a week, five days, a few days. We gave it a bracha. The flower's only here for a short time. But for the time it's here, what does the Torah say? Celebrate it. Roar like a lion, like a wave. 
I mean, let's be honest. You know, our entire presence here in this Eilam Hasiyah is in, in, in eternity is even shorter than the crashing wave, the minute of the crashing wave. And what does the Tyre say? But make that bracha. When you have that flower, when you have the microphone in your hand, sing your heart out. When you can hug or kiss or bless, do it with your whole heart. Dance with all your energy for those few minutes. That's the message. Erev Tishabav, Shechal B'Shabbos. It's Shabbos. And today, it's Shabbos. So scream like Udvus Yama. When you're in a moment, don't think about yesterday. And don't think about tomorrow. Roar for the moment when it's a good moment. When, when you're learning, when we have, even if it's an hour a day, that hour should be learn like Ben Azai. When you hug your child, hug him at that moment, like, like you'll never see him again, like it's the most. When you look at your spouse, like this is that moment. We could relive the chuppah. You know, I heard over from the great Chidush Sherem. He said a very nice touch. He said, Im ein anili mili. He said, every person is unique. Every person has their service, their avoida. He says, Im ein anili, if you're not going to do the service that's unique to you, mili, who's going to do it? It's yours. There's nobody else who could replace your voice. The imloy achshav, and this, if not this moment, what other moment will there be? You know, Nef Shachayim says, he brings from the Zohar Kaddish, from Dari, says that there are tough, tough reish pei tzirufim of the Shem Havayin every minute. And they're constantly mishtana. There's no two moments in time that were ever the same, the Nef Shachayim says. So the Shrim says, this is your moment. This is the only moment that will, this moment will never exist again. This is, seize this moment. They gave us and they gave us ma. Every time has its own time. Rejoice in the times of rejoicing. Live each moment for what it is. One of the messages of the way Chazal Shtoldavek to eat him of Klal Yisrael. Before we go to our guest, I'm going to ask the riddle of the week. Here's our first riddle of the week. On Erev Yom Kippur, it says, Mitzvah lechalo lahar beis besuda in Arachayim in Tafresh Talad. It's a Gemara Newman, Daf Peyalef. And it says, Venisa masnaf sheyusechem betishaberev. The Gemara says, Vechi tishaberev besanen, el basirim besanen, loy melecha, kala eichel v'shoyse b'chi. If you eat the day before Yom Kippur, Mailal of Akasav, Kiluzana, Chivasiri, so it's a mitzvah to eat Erev Yom Kippur. And some of the Paiskim, if you look in the Stechem and Merachas Yom Kippur, Semen Aleph, Aisalaf, and Eid Paiskim, why do they say, what's the time of the Kra? Because the Rabbi wants you to fast a full 24 hours, with Taisis Yamtiv, 25 hours. So he said you should eat Erev Yom Kippur, so that you should be able to fast. And therefore, it's a mitzvah to eat Erev Yom Kippur. So the question is, on Erev Tishabav, he says, the Ram, here's the Lashon Ram in Parakei of Tain, it says, They ate minute amounts. So here's the question. Tishabav is also a 25-hour fast. 
on Yom Kippur, what did Mepharshim say? Why is there a din to eat Erev Yom Kippur so that you should be able to fast? Why on Tisha B'av don't we find any mitzvah to eat Erev Tisha B'av? That is our first riddle of the week. Now I'll ask you a riddle, and this is on Parshas Devarim. Loisaguru mipneish. Right? It says in the Pasik, a Dayan should not be fearful of anybody. He should have a real spine. Right? The Safri says, Loisaguru mipneish. Shema Toimer. Maybe you should say, I'm going to be afraid of this person. Shema Yarigas Bani. Maybe he'll destroy my property. The Lachid Leisaguru Mibnisha Dayan has to have a spine, and he can't be fearful that one of the litigants that appear in front of him will cause him either physical damage to his children or uh, uh, financial damage. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. The Lachid is that on a mitzvah sase, you don't have to give more than Chaimish of your money. And the Prima, prima God, the Mishnabur, brings it. In the Psicha Kalelas Chelek Raviyah, it says, that even though by a loisa say you do have to give more than your money, that's only by kum vasei. But a lav that shevel tasei, right? You don't have to be mavaz It's just like by an asei, right? So the question is, why over here does he have to litigate, or does he have to accept a psak, to give a psak against somebody who is? Afraid of could damage him financially. Let him say, "Look, I'm Sheval Tase. I'm dropping the case. I'm going to be over Alaisagura Bipniyish. I don't want to have financial damage." And even a bigger pella. What does it say? Even if he says Shema Yari Gespini, there's Allah has Alaisagura Bipniyish. What Alaisagura Bipniyish is alive, right? But if somebody's afraid that they could get killed or their child could get killed, it's Bikuach Nefesh. Bikuach Nefesh is Deich HaKala Tairakula. It's not one of the Gimel Chamura Yisleisaguru Bipneish. How could the Rambam bring Shema Yari Gesbini, the Zalach of Yisleisaguru Bipneish? These are the two riddles of the week. At the end of this program, we will play the winners of last week's riddle. We'll play the winners of last week. I just want to remind you, we have often a number of winners so we sort of put them in a hat and we say, okay, these five or ten people got the right answer. We're going to choose this one. So it's not necessarily, if your name doesn't come up, it's not indicative that you didn't have the right answer. It just means that there was more than one who had the right answer. Let's go to our guests. We have the honor of having with us on the phone from B'nai Brak, Rabbi Yisachar Daiv Letterman, a Talmud of the Mir for many, many years, a Talmud of Panavej, the Yeshiva, the Koyal, of a very big Makurov with uh, Maran Harav Shach, Zechatadik Levracha. Welcome, Rav Lederman. Oh, thank you. So, Rabbi Lederman, what was the Hisnagdus Hashkafically that Rav Shach had to Chabad? Could you now, try to explain that let, to us? No, let me, let me precede this by saying that in spite of everything that will be said or will not be said, Rav Shach and the Rebbe cooperated in the in the matter of Balichuvin. I am I represented and represent Rav Shach in in Balichuvin institution called Arachim. If you ever heard of it? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. Now there is a book by the head of Arachim called Incredible. Okay. 
volume two has a description of the cooperation. And the cooperation insisted of Afshach asking the Rebbe that he should make available the services of Batei Chabad to Balichuvi. Really? How interesting. Yeah, the, the book is on my, on, at my bedside, and uh, it's available any place in New York that you want. It's called Incredible 2. And somebody is knocking on the door, and my wife is davening Mincha. Uh-huh. So, so let me ask you, let me ask you a question, Rabbi Letterman. Yeah. In, in what? How did they cooperate? In what way? Like, how did they communicate? How did they communicate? Well, the 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 the, the, uh, the director of Arachim went to New York and expressed a request of Rav Shach to speak to the Rebbe. Really? Uh, the book is at my, my bedside. And uh, I, I, can, I cannot guarantee that I can find it on the spot, okay. but, but it is there. So what was the Hisnagdus? We know that Rav Shach had a certain Hisnagdus to Chabad. Do you know what it well, was? Well, this is a very touchy question because there are many aspects to it. So uh, I, want to st- I wanted to start out by, by saying that it was this, this cooperation, which means that there were, there were some points at which he, he agreed, and uh, the other points which are not. There were several aspects of the Isnagdus. One the Isnagdus, the date that was given as 20 years ago is not precise, but there is something to it. What is to it is as follows. The messianic message that came out of 770 was something which Rav Shach could not tolerate. Among, uh, there were several points. One major point was that he was, <laughs> this messianic message carried with it a message also for, of immortality. And Rav Shach was, as everybody knew that nobody is immortal, and he was very, very afraid that the Ksidei Chabad will lose their Yiddish guide when, when the Rebbe passes away. Okay. This was a major uh, and, and first consideration that he had. Uh, it happened, I don't know how in America, it happened in Israel, I have no statistics, it could be five people or 50 people or whatever. This was item number one. Item num- num- number two, the messianic message also carried authority and authority above authorities. And here in Eretz Israel, we are dealing. When I say we, this in this point, at this point, includes Rav Shach, dealing with the, with the government. And it's a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week struggle. And Rav Shach and, and those that followed him followed a certain, a certain doctrine of, of how to, to deal with it, uh, with the situation, in order to achieve whatever is achievable. Now, somebody who mixes in and has different ideas Without having the authority of 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 people who voted for for his party, 
it, it interferes with the with the whole procedure. Uh, this is uh, this is like if uh, if you ever heard of how how to sail against the wind. Ever hear of, of of how do you sail against the wind? You tack against the wind. You go to the side, right? You go to the side, but some but somebody who is not aware of this seems somebody that is going to decide and says, "Yeah, where are you going? Where are you going? You are supposed to get to the north. North, you are going to the, you are going to the west." Right. And this kind of interference, this kind of te- of of telling people here what should be done or what shouldn't not be done, is something that that uh, Rav Shach could not tolerate. Interesting. But this has nothing to do with the Messianic message. This is a different this point. This has nothing to do with the Messianic message of Israel. However, the authority of the interference leans on the Messianic message, and because of this, it has a more of a destructive force. I understand. It gave him a, a bigger voice, or it gave him more confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, also, there are all kinds of little, uh, all kinds, all kinds of little, little uh, things of how to to deal with the with non-religious dignitaries, which uh, Rav Shach felt very much we should keep away from the, them, and uh, and Chabad was very much to to close, close with them. This whole approach that Chabad has of being an integral part of the entire society is something which Rav Shach very much disliked. In other words, Rav Shach wanted it to be sort of Heinam Levada Dishkain. And not only he wanted, this was, this was the policy of, of, of not only him, he was the leader of all the Doilim who had a certain policy as to, as to how to, to conduct ourselves toward, toward the non-religious government, the non-religious majority. And, and Hamad had different ideas, and Rav Shah didn't like it. Another thing is which he didn't like was, uh, was that Zion Kislev, or whatever the date is, he was very much, very, 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 very much against uh, against the declaration of of any yom, of any of employment that were not declared by by Dan Sheknesis He felt there is no such authority that does not exist. Interesting. And what else? Anything else? Uh, well, I, look, this is more or less. Uh, if, if you expand oh. it, <coughs> you, so let me so let me go back on it. Let me go back to the first one. Yes. One Go was ahead. a mortality. He was afraid that the Hasidim would lose their Yiddishkeit because of the sense of immortality. So I would ask now: it's 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 more, it's thirty years since the Rebbe's Ptira, right? The the the, the, the and the Hasidim has doubled or tripled in size. I think now they say there's over five thousand Chabad um, houses around the world, right? They say that they touch. You know, millions of Yidin every year. Looking back, does that seem to have been a concern that was justified, or in retrospect, it it seems yeah, like... retrospect may may have not been justified. But but then, okay, <laughs> Rav Shach never 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 claimed prophecy. Okay, you're saying I'm be, we're being Monday morning quarterbacks. We're looking back, and it's not fair. So let me let me ask you another question: the doctrine of how to deal with the government. He felt that he was sort of mixing in, in into Israeli politics without knowing 
which which is very interesting because I think the same thing is happening right now again with like you know, have a lot of American Rosh Hashivas. Yeah, you telling me, look, sir, you you telling me one of them is my brother-in-law. Who is your brother-in-law? Rabbi Feldman. Oh, from from Baltimore. I didn't know that. Yes. So you're saying that Rabbi, there's a whole bunch that are supporting Peleg. And and the Rosh Hashiv, and the Gedolim and Rosh Hashiv said, "Why are you coming here to my neighborhood and telling us what to do? Like you're sitting in America and you're telling us in Rosh Hashiv how to behave." So it's a very it's a, it's a similar type of an argument. Yeah, well, but it is much much worse. It is much worse in both cases. The 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 spelling thing, this or about are. Are, are, uh, are based on the assumption that we are that we are sitting in a in a, in, a, in a situation of peace and there are disagreements. The the doctrine of all the of all the is that we are in a daily daily hourly uh, uh, secondly fight with, with the others. And if you have a war, you cannot have a two, uh, a two commanders. I understand. So they wanted that Rav Sh- that the, the, the Lubavitch Rebbe should not be the commander, and he should go under Rav Shach. He should not go under Rav Shach. No, he it's, he should attend to what he's doing, and to what he's doing, as you said, is 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 a great job, and. Uh, Leave the leave the, the the commanding to the people who are commanding forces and and being shot at every day. Okay, and let me go now to your third thing. You said that um, being an integral part of society towards the non-religious. Well, you know the the Chabad Skarebi, His position was he said you know ninety percent, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically ninety percent of Yiddish guide is fry. Ten percent is from. So he said, when you, when your brother's house is on fire, you run in to save. So I think being integrated in part of society. I mean, they send their boys out at a very young age to to be makariv, to put tefillin, to build mikvehs, to go to college campuses. That is the essence of their mission. I mean, they believe it's Ace Lasis Hashemi Feru Terasecha. It's as man of Sakhanis Nefashis. There are more Jews, and this is a true fact. There are more Jews who have been lost now to integration than have died in the Holocaust. So why would Rav Shach be opposed to that? No, because it does, it does not. Be, well, look, first you are asking me a, a, a question that I really may not be able to answer. Maybe yes. He did, he did, he did not believe in the effectiveness of what you are saying. There is proof. The English said the proof of the pudding is in the eating. We the only way how we see how we are able to, in this country to get to keep our noses above the water and get whatever rights we could possibly squeeze out is by by Knesset representation. There is no ways. If we would not have a Knesset representation, we would be non-existent. We have no standing in front of the courts. As I told my brother many times, if the Bailey's the trial would have been taken, taken place in front of the Israeli Supreme Court, he would be hanging. Therefore, the only way how we can get anywhere 
is by increasing our representation. And you don't, the Chabad never contributed to this. But, but that's and a new point, Rabbi Letterman, respectfully. I think that I, that's, that's, a, that's a good point, but that's a new point. I want to go back to the, what you mentioned. You said um, they, 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 they are an integral part of society, and they, their attitude towards the, the, the non-religious majority is to try to become part of the society and to try to you know, uh, convince them to... Well, to... good, I am I agreeing with you, but as I, I said, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and the eating is not here. Wait, wait, but, but, but Rabbi Lederman, I, let me go first to Chutz Laretz, then go to Eretz Yisrael. In, in Chutz Laretz, it's Mamish Rabbim Heishiv Meyavin, and they've made hundreds of thousands of Balei Tshuva. Are you saying it, Eretz Yisrael, Chabad has not had the ability to make Balei Tshuva? Right. What uh, uh, they, whatever they have they have made, I am not uh, aware of. I cannot deny anything, thing that I do not know. I am sitting for the last twenty five years in Arachim as Rav Shach representative, and uh, somehow or other, none none uh, none of the none of the participants in the seminar were sent there by Chabad. So, so his snagness to Chabad, it sounds to me, had had to do with well, the first part we spoke about immortality, but but after that had was very political, Israeli centric. Like why? Well, I'm saying it's not Hasidic or Litvish. It's not limited. It has not, it's, not, it's, wait a minute, it's nothing to do with Hasidic, uh, Hasidic uh, and, and Litvish. Absolutely nothing. It had to do with Israeli politics, it sounds like. Yeah, right? Absolutely nothing. Let me tell you, if you remember, if, I don't know. Look, I was there. I'm still here. <laughs> when Rav Shach decided to, to establish the Gilatoira, he was very much aware of the fact that there was to make, make, make it here in the fight between Chassidim and Snagdim. And he made an effort... And he compromised on many things by including the Belzer Rebbe into the Glatoyer. You know right. that? Right. No, I'm not aware of that, no. Well, of course. That, of course. Look. <laughs> there are things that you learn by being here. As I said, I, I was very much around Rav Shach. Uh, as I said, uh, he uh, sent me uh, on a number of important uh, missions, if you want to call it this way. We never discussed any politics. Uh, so the, 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 que the question is like this. We live here in the middle of a war, and, and I am running the war, and let me run it. And not let me and do not tell me what to do. In addition, there there is you know Torah, Torah schools for Israel. You know you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chabad is not there. They're on their own and under the Mizrahi system. Right. So this this is just, just great differences in the in approaches. That, that no. difference in these no. doctrines with nothing to do with them, is nothing to do with anything personal. As I as I said, there was to the, the, the minute of shock. So any point in which he could bring to Ellis by cooperating with the rabbi, he did. 
that it that Rav Shach cooperated with the Rebbe whenever it was for not political reasons. It, it didn't matter. Did did the Rebbe reach out ever to Rav Shach for anything? Uh, no, no, no. He never, he, he never, he never did. I, I can give you provide with you with some philosophy why not, but that 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 would be my private opinion. Okay, so let me ask you then the following. In your opinion, and I can only ask your opinion, was there any personal animosity between Rav Shach no, and No, 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 no. No. And, and so let me follow that up with another question. Do, do you know if he respected him as an individual? Did he recognize him as a Gobble Yisrael? Definitely not. Interesting. And do you, is it because of this politics that caused him to do No, that? no, 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 no. If in order to be a god of Israel, uh, you have to learn 18 hours a day. Uh, he was a very big Talmud Chacham. He was a big, you know, you could see from yeah, his... I, well, I am not I am not denying his being a Talmud Chacham, in particular say, I, I, since I know absolutely nothing about it. But the, all the Doilim, in, uh, including Rav Shach and uh, Rav Yashif and uh, Rav Leib Steinman and, and others, uh, are, were, were learning nonstop. And I'm curious, uh, did Rav Shach feel the same way about other Rebbes? Because let's face it, a lot of other Rebbes don't learn 18 hours a day. It's more of a litvish well, thing. Well, I really, I really can, I really cannot, cannot answer this question. But I definitely can say that one of the reasons for which he may not look at I, I can say that he did not, because I don't know. But, but the way Rafshah conducted his life, when, with, starting with learning and ending with, with, with learning, and, and running from davening to learning, from, from learning to davening, and taking off from learning, uh, just enough time to do whatever is absolutely necessary is not something which was done by the Rebbe. Right. So this is a little bit more like Rebbe Aaron's issue, which is about Tyra Lishma. There's nothing greater than Tyra, and there's even at Solomon, even at Solomon, the fascist doesn't come to to to. to, to right, right, that. right. If you speak about Rabban, let let me let, let me tell you a little story. One day, I walked into the shiva, and Rashi tells me without any reason why he says tells me the Chinuchatzmoy is in a very bad shape. So what I what I answer? I told him, Rabban. When this happened, Rabban went out and made money. So why not the Rosh Hashiva? You hear that? Yeah, yeah. You want to know what the answer was? Yeah, what was the answer? Ich bin nicht Rabban. Right. Interesting. Okay, is there anything else that you could add just to give us some color on the... Uh... Uh, to give you some... Uh, to, to give you some color... Uh, one of the proud matters that uh, that bothered him very much was publicity. Was very much against publicity in all respects, private and public. Okay, well, he got a lot of publicity, Rav Shach, didn't he? <laughs> he got it unwillingly. Chabad works on publicity. 
And he did not work on publicity. I'm not talking about personal. There's not a person. I'm not saying that the rabbi was interested in publicity. I didn't say it. Very, very, very far from it. But Chabad, as such, conducted its its business on publicity. Uh, and uh, and marches uh, and and things like this and all the, all, all this uh, Rav Shach was very much against. Why why was he against that? He did he uh, why uh, <laughs> he went. <laughs> Am I Rav Shach? No, but my, my, but he my, was my, he was my, very my, much he was very much against. The, he he held he held the the, the decisions. And the doings and the makings are w- within a cl- very close circle of Gdoilim. And publicity is just the other way around. Yeah, but, but R- 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 Rabbi Letterman, our youth, right, are assailed on a constant basis by the Freie Press, by Freie advertisements, by ads on bus stops, by multimedia. Like, don't the Fruma have to also have a sense of atzmius, of pride, of... They shouldn't say... He's so well, much, well, the, I, so hear much. What, I hear what you are saying. Uh, you have an argument, but uh, but not only Rav Shach, but all the people who who subscribe to his doctrine, who are the majority of their Israel, thought differently, and they, they think that, that our youth... If whatever you do not get from Torah, they do not get from anywhere. So, do you not see that the Chabadska felt that he was about plucked on this? Uh, he may have, he may have, but he, uh, as far as I am concerned, uh, look, uh, you're asking me now about the Chabadska. That's a very <laughs> unfair question. But I can tell what I can tell you is the, the Chabadska felt that this is the way to conduct business. Right. As, as far as they are concerned, they could be very. They are, from their point of view, very right. Rav Shach held that this is not the way to conduct business, and this is a, 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 a very, very kosher and proper difference of opinion. Right. Right. The Chabadsky felt that's the way to think, and, and Rav Shach was was very, 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 very much, much against. And uh, the, uh, I don't want to get into into other problems that are uh, that we that we have here with, with other kinds of things to to explain to you how this reflects on other Israeli situations. Let me ask you: Do you think, and 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 I'm going to start with a postulate, okay? But there's there's nobody in the world that's doing what what Chabad is doing as far as Kirov. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, uh, at the moment, let me say yes. Well, I will tell you later. Yeah. Why, well, okay. Well, okay. it could be that when maybe one day somebody will. But right now, they've established institutions. I think they're in I don't know 150 countries, 140 countries. Right? They're in every state in the United States. They're, they 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 will matzo hundreds of thousands of people have returned to Chuva because of them. They. They, the dignitaries that they are able to affect in the United States are the reason for a lot of military and financial support for Eretz Yisrael. And it's honestly hard to think of somebody in the last hundred years 
who's had an impact, not on Eretz Yisrael, but on worldwide Yiddishkeit, as much as uh, the last Chabad Skarebi, do you think, no. do you think, given all that, right, and the impact that he's had, Rav Shach would look at him differently today? I'm understanding that in Eretz Yisrael they have differences of opinion, but you know Eretz Yisrael has five million Yidden, and there's another ten million Yidden in other parts of the world. So, given all you are answering your question, you yourself are answering your question. Whatever works there does not work here. Period. Proof again what I told you. If if this were were true we would have 20 Knesset representatives. If this, and this does not happen, and we stand on their shoulders, and without their shoulders, we have no rights. And so we how, have many, no stand- how many, many Chabadskis are there in Eretz Yisrael that would make a difference of so many seats? Uh, uh, even one seat. Okay, so, you one seat. so, and so we this... don't you don't need more than one seat to tip the scales. One seat if Chabad and how many votes do you need for one seat? Um you ask me a very good question, but but let me answer let's say died in the wood Chabad, let's say I really don't know. Let's say there's only ten thousand. Let's say maybe there is there's much more. Maybe there's much okay. less. I don't know. But if they have the influence that is that is claimed, they could could should have slept with them another hundred thousand. That's the point. Maybe okay. the Chabadski do not have the 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 number of of electors even for one Chabadkness. Let's say I don't know. And, and you but know what, that they but, could have slapped another hundred thousand people. What? It, according to you, yes. Well, in Chutzlar, I don't know. In Eretz Yisrael, I have no idea. How but but in Eretz Yisrael, then don't. And because of this, the 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 real answer to everything that was said today today now is, I am not in in a position to judge or to evaluate or to value what the Chabadski did okay. in, in Chutzlaret. So, in Israel, it doesn't work. Period. Let me ask you another question. There are many other people in Eretz Yisrael who don't vote, who don't join, right? For example, the whole Eid Achredis, right? Right. Right. So, uh, so was, was Rav Shach have this level of... Um, Antipathy towards, let's say, um, Rabbi Stroyanke Fischer, to the Gaivid Ravais, to Rav Sternbuch. Like, they, none of them vote. They could tip the scales. They could give you another seat or two seats. That Rav Shach had their antagonism to them. Uh, uh, the answer is uh, yes and no, and I will explain. The, the difference here, he was very much, very, very much unhappy with, with them, with their not voting. A very Choshevorov in Haifa spoke to Rav Shach about something, about some Hulu Shabbos here and there, and Rav Shach answered him, if, if the people who are supposed to vote, who could vote, 
would have this would not have happened. That Rav was a soulmate of all, of all the all the greatest people. But and Rav Shach was, defi- uh, was definitely, Rav Shach was definitely uh, antagonistic today. The Haredes people, not at the level of Chabad, because they did not proceed to do things that he didn't like. The way Chabad proceeded to do things today, to, uh, to, uh, to this time, and do not forget that we started out with this discussion with the messianic message, which nobody cares, and this sits like a cloud on top of everything else. Thank you very much for your time. You're, you're very welcome. I think there's something really startling in it that is very revealing. He said, Rav Shach, he says, I don't know if he held he was a God of the time. He says, because Gedalim should be learning all day. He says, Rav Shach, every minute he was learning, he would, running here, running there, he would answer Shaila, but it was all about learning. And I, and I really think that's a very interesting you know, look, and what is the taich of a Gadol B'Yisrael? And I think that there's something here that is worth discussing, you know, for a number of reasons. Is that really so? Is that the definition of a Gadol? Like, for example, in my study where I learn, I have hanging on the wall, somebody gave me a letter. He knew the letter was so important. It's the letter that the Rambam writes to Rabbi Shmuel Libin Tibbin when he asks if he can meet him. So he, Rambam writes about how exhausting his days here. And we'll put a copy of the letter online. But the Rambam says, I live in Mitzrayim, and the, and the king, the sultan, lives in Cairo. He says that between Mitzrayim and Cairo, it's Tutchume Shabbos, like a mile and a half. He says, and I have to go every day. And if the king gets sick, or one of his pilagshim, or other people there, he says, I have to stay there the entire day. And I have to be misasik brufuasai. He says, Klali shaldover, kol yoim, right? I am oila la'alkahira, bashkama. Bashkama means early in the morning. And uh, if the day goes smoothly, and nothing, nothing, well, yishadeh shum chiddish, he says, I come to Mitzrayim after the, the, midday, and he says, and I'm hungry. And he says, my corridors where I live is full of people. Malayas Goyim. He says, there are noblemen there, there are policemen there, judges, Erev everybody's waiting for me. He said, I get down from my behemoth, I wash my hands, I walk out to them to some to wait for me so that I can eat an achilas aray, and he says ve'himayeslays, right? It's the only meal I eat during the day. He says ve'etzelarafoisam, and then I go out and I spend the rest of the day taking care of them. He says ad halayla ulapamim. He says ad soiv shteishayis menalayla. So from hashkama till the night, taking care of the king and patience in his court yaz. He says, I'm so tired, I lie down on my back from exhaustion. Right? I, he says, I'm so tired, Ramam writes, I can't talk. Saif Davar, he says, except for Shabbos. It's interesting how the Rambam, who I think we would all agree was a gadol, 
spent a trem- the, the vast part of his day from Hashkami right to Balayla taking care. But that was a long time ago. Maybe things have changed. So I'll tell you, share with you a few stories. Rav Sternberg said over, and I've seen this in other places too, it's brought in a few places, that when Rav Chaim Moiser, the Achiezer, uh, wanted to get Haskama from Rav El Yechayim of Lodge, the great Lodger of. So he brought him the Sefer, Achiezer, for Matana, and Rav El Yechayim looked at it, and he was mamish to spoil from it. So, uh, and it, I saw one of the other places, it says, he, when he looked at it, he says, ah, I didn't know there's a Shagasari alive today. So he says, I was young. And he asked him, he said, uh, when, are you, when are you maybe going to be write a Sefer? He asked him, the Lodger of, when are you going to write a Sefer? So Rebbe Yechai Meisel, who was, you know, Skaner Abonim of the door, looked at him, he said, I have a Sefer. So Rebbe Chai Meisel said, can I see a Sefer? <laughs> the other Sefer says, he says, I was a little bit can I see a Sefer? Shrebel Yechai would come with me. And he took him into his study. And on the desk and on the wall, there were big piles of paper. He said, look, the first one, the Almana Gitala, she needs 40 ruble, right, to feed her family this month. The Almana Rezala, she needs. The Yasem needs shoes, paper after paper. Rebel Yechai, where underneath he would write, you know, where he's getting the money, how he's raising the money, a big pile. Well, Yechayim Meisel picked up the paper, and the Slavas, he looked at Rebchayim Meisel, and he said, this is my Sefer. This is my Sefer. Very thick story. And, and, and Rav Shach, I saw about in, uh, I saw somebody writes, and we'll put all these stories online. He says, when he was in Vilna in Tafresh Tzadik Tess, 1939, he, he was with Reb Chaim when he printed the third Chelik of Achiezer. And they looked at it, and he looked at the Chubas, and a lot of them were printed, you know, 50 years ago, when he was 17 years old. So he looked, Reb Shach looked at the Achiezer, at the great Reb Chaim and he says, why did you wait so long until you printed this? So Reb Chaim smiled, and he, his beautiful smile, and he said, what could I tell you? He said, Lazar, Almana, Laguna, Liyasaim is even a greater mitzvah than writing Sfarim. So, a similar type of, you know, helping Almana, Ger, Yasaim, etc. And there's so many countless other stories where you had G'day Liyalam, you know, there were certainly, you know, there were great Rosh Hashivas, and then there were G'day and there was, here you have a difference. One, says the Godel should never stop learning. And Rebel Yechayim Meisel, etc., Rebbe Meisel said, no, the difference between a Godel and a Rashiv is a Godel takes care. A Godel guides Klal Yisrael. They cry with Klal Yisrael. You know, I heard over that people used to say that uh, by the uh, the Holy Ramash, the lights would often be on till 3 o'clock in the night, people waiting to come from all over the world. They came to talk a debate as to what a Gadol is supposed to look like. I think it's fascinating. And then I was in the Sawyer. Tell me if you agree or disagree. You already see this. It says, by Mordechai HaTzadik, what does it say? Rotsui l'roi vechav. Rashi says, Pirish bimenu miksa Sanhedrin. He said, he's, he's saving the world. 
Achashverosh was a Russia Mitchilev at Seifei. He had to be in the court al Tzatzalus the Fascist, but even to save people, he shouldn't be Mavatal Taira. The Marshal, and I, don't, I apologize, I don't have my Shulchan Aruch in front of me. It's, it's probably in Reish Memhei. Well, I'll put it online. But the Marshal, the Taz brings it, Nochas Tzedakah, maybe it's Nochas Talmud Taira. I forget. He asks the question, he says, Pirish, but the Taz brings this. He says, how could it be Pirish, Menu Mikta Sanhedrin? What doichawat? Is Pikuach Nefesh doichat Talmud Taira or not? He says, Avad, if somebody's drowning and you're learning, you have to jump in. So he says, how could it be Pirish Benu Mikta Sanhedrin when Mordechai is doing the right thing? And he says a very interesting teretz. He struggles, he says, but he says a beautiful teretz. But bottom line is, of course, Pikuach Nefesh, that nobody argues, Talach and Shulchan Aruch, is Daicha a Talmud So So Pirish Benu Mikta Sanhedrin, the task struggles with, was really Shalaika Halacha. And, and by the way, you're going to say, maybe that was a physical Pikuach Nefesh, you know, went by Mordechai would have allowed somebody else to kill the Eden. How do you know when somebody's 72% into marriage and assimilation rate, how do we know that that has a din of Pikuach Nefesh? The Mechaba in Shinvav could be that it's a Shinzayin, either the last halacha in Shinvav or Shinzayin, or Chaim says, that if they, the, the missionaries take a girl out of her home, and they don't want to harm her, they want to convert her. Shulchan Aruch says, you're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos to save her soul. Right? Ein Taz, Be'er Sheva, the Tyson Shabbos of Dalit, whatever, but Halacha Psuke in Shulchan Aruch. So we see that Pikuach Nefesh of the soul. So when the Chabad Rebbe used to say, he would say, as long as there's anywhere, some place in the world, there's Yidin who don't know Shema Yisrael, there's no, there's Yidin who was visinished, Einoid Molvadai, I'm not going to sleep at night. So here we have one person whose concept of godless is sort of, you know, save Yiddish lives, and look, look at the legacy, and somebody else says, no, Purish man who makes Sanhedrin, he says, it's all about Tyra. I see, like, a great debate here is what should the Tzura of a Gadol be Yisrael be? Fascinating point that Rav Letterman brought up. We have on the phone with us Rav Chaim Dolphin, who's a, uh, a noted author. He's written Lakewood and Lubavitch, Satma and Lubavitch, individual books, Rav Hutna and Lubavitch, Rav Soloveitchik. Uh, he has a koilul in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Welcome, Rav Dolphin. Thank you very much. So, Rav Chaim, let me ask you the following. You wrote Lakewood and Lubavitch. What was Rav Aaron's, if you had to give us why Rav Aaron was quote-unquote, not enamored, or he was, I guess, a misnagid of Chabad, if you had to boil it down to three or four main philosophical issues, what would they be? I would say the following. Um, first, I would say the following. In 1932, uh, the Rebbe Ayatz, Rebbe Yosef the sixth Lubavitch Rebbe, sent a letter um, uh, to, uh, sent money to to Reb Aaron for his daughter's wedding, I believe, and he acknowledged it, and we have an actual copy of it. So uh, my data research shows that uh, there was a uh, amicable relationship between himself and the Rayats, and it, it's consistent with the Rayats' relationship with the Chafetz Chaim, the Rayats' relationship with Reb Chaim Moiser in particular, and others. 
when the Baron came to America, April of 1941, I believe, uh, the Rayas was here already a year before he came in March of 1940. He had already a network of his Hasidim from the 20s working and setting up uh, Lubavitch here in America. At that time, uh, the Vad Hatzala was the the big discussion and big issue, raising money for uh, the, the Yidin, the Jews in Shank, in Europe and in other places. And when the Mir Yeshiva and the Lubavitch Yeshiva and the Lublin Yeshiva moved to Shanghai, um, first to Kobe, Japan, and then to Shanghai, um, there was a matter of supporting them as well. In, 19, in 1942 or 1943, I forget the year, uh, it was found out by the Lubavitch students that uh, funds that were given by Rabbi Ephraim Fischel Epstein, who was, by the way, a brother of Rabbi uh, Epstein, the Rashiv of Slabotka, Moshe Martha Epstein, and he had written a letter, he collected funds, and he, you know, he was a Litvishirov, but he had, it seems like, contact with Lubavitch in Russia and uh, good relationships. He was a Rabbi in he, Chicago, wasn't he? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he wrote the letter, and we have uh, the actual, uh, you know, we have the actual statement uh, of his. Uh, I put it into one of my svarim that uh, all bnei yeshiva in Shanghai should get funds. When the Lubavitch yeshiva bacharim were not given the funds, um, they wrote to Rabbi Gerari, the Rashag, the previous Rebbe's oldest, their son-in-law, and uh, they complained. So the Rayats wrote a letter, and he was very upset. He wrote to Rabbi David Rabinowitz of Boston and others, you know, why are his Talmidim being uh, cut out? The, the two people who, uh, at least from, you know, what I read uh, is that it was Avram Kalmanovitz or Baron Cutler who spearheaded kind of the boycott of those funds to Lubavitch. Could be there were others behind the scenes, but they were the, in the lead role according to the, uh, right, uh, according to the, the documents. And um, this was a very contentious issue. What was Rabarin's position? That's you're asking me, you know. Yeah, yeah. What was Rabarin's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, 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 I'm getting to that, but I had to give you okay. the historical background yeah, okay. first. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, because in my research, everything goes with, with with proof and documents. You know, hearsay, as you had on your last program, <laughs> which I found very interesting, because also I, you know, about the books and and and, and the biographies and all that. You know, so, I, you know, it's important to me to 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 find support. Anyway, so Rab Aaron uh, felt uh, and Rab Kalman felt very very simple. You're doing your own thing, Lubavitcher uh, Rebbe. Yes, you were here before and you had a group, and that's great. But you're, you know, you're not involved with the Vado Haklali, and therefore, why should we give you funds? You're raising your own funds. That was his argument. The counter-argument is, as I said, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Epstein did not say that. He said these funds are to go to everyone. That was one legitimate disagreement. Wait, Number but two, let, me, let me just ask you a question. Rabbi Epstein was alive, right? Oh, Absolutely. And he was a, he was a Slobodka. His brother, his brother the Lavush Mardchai, was Rashiva in Slobodka. Is it fair to say that they probably had a few conversations between him and Rabaran? Um, 
I, I don't know about his brother, uh, uh, if was here. He wasn't alive at that time. He was not, not alive I'm at saying, that time. I'm saying Rabbi Epstein was alive. Yeah, 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 but his brother wasn't. Yeah, so yeah you're asking. Is it fair to say that when somebody's sending money, that and, and he's the Vadat Sullah, it's very likely they talk maybe three times a week or certainly uh, on occasion, right? Um, yes, but I'm not uh, sure that the money went there. I think the money went to Rabbi Ashkenazi, uh, Mayor Ashkenazi, who I was... Know, a, I, I don't know where the money went. I'm just saying, you're saying that the letter said, give it to the people in Shanghai. So is it very likely, that, or very possible, that since Rabbi Aaron spoke to this fellow frequently, he was the head of the Vadat Salah, he was the that he could have called him up and said, when you say to Vada, the people in Shanghai, could we get a clarification? Does it mean there were from in Shanghai, there were fry in Shanghai, there was the, the, the Rebus in Shanghai, there was the Yeshiva in Shanghai? Is it possible that he asked them, which element of Shanghai do you want to send the money to? It's possible, but I don't believe it worked that way. You're, you're making you assumptions. Think, I'm assuming that they spoke, that's all. Well, you can't, you can't make assumptions. Okay. So in, other, in other words, what, what, what we what we have documents is that the money went to Rabbi Ashkenazi, and that the, and that they and Rabbi Ashkenazi happened to be a Talmud of the Rashab, and they told Rabbi Ashkenazi that he is not to give money to Chabad. By the way, he gave money anyway, clandestinely, but officially he wasn't supposed to give. And actually, later Rabbi Aaron wanted to take him to a din Right. So obviously, if Rabbi Aaron's taking him to a din Rabbi Aaron felt halachically that he was diverting tzedakah, we're not supposed to do. And and he, he, I imagine that Rabaran, notwithstanding the letter, must have had many conversations with the donor. It could, it, it, it could, it could be, but I cannot right. tell you and vouch okay. for it. Okay, so you're saying there was, you see there already that there was an issue. But, but I would say, you know, I don't know that that's so much an issue, just if you were trying to build that there was, you know, sort of, you, you start laying a foundation of an issue between Rabarna and Chabad based on that. I would just suggest, possibly, if I was raising money for uh, OL orphanage, right? And somebody came to me and he said, listen, you know, OL is a wonderful thing, but we also have, uh, you know, time uh, Cheshabbos needs money too. I would say, besides halachically Mishanin, right? But besides that, I would say, listen, you know, every every organization has their supporters, we're raising money for Ohel. We're not raising for Taim Cheshabbos, even though it's a fantastic thing. So it doesn't mean I don't hold the Taim Cheshabbos or whatever, or Hatzalah, Relief, whatever wonderful organization we have. It just so happens our mandate of the Vada Hatzalah was to try to save this narrow organization, was mostly to try to save the yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. I mean, so I don't see that necessarily as any... If I was raising money for Ohel and I didn't want to give to it, doesn't mean I'm against Hatzalah, right? Or against, uh, or against Taim Cheshabbos. It just means that's my mandate. So I'm just commenting as an aside. Footnote. Yes, yes. So uh, other, um, other, uh, other issues, philosophical issues that you're asking about, um, was the following. Um, and that is that, uh, and again, I, I heard this from several people that, when Rabaran came, he became kind of the spokesman for, uh, you know, Haredi, Orthodox, Frum, right-wing, uh, Yiddishkeit, Torah Yiddishkeit in America during the 40s. Why is that? Um, Rabbi Dafa, you're a historian. Why is that? Why did he... There were many other people here, right? Like you say, Rav Hutton was here, Rav Salavechik was here, Rav Moshe Feinstein was here, you had Rav Henkin was here. Uh, why did Rabarin suddenly become the spokesperson? What was that? 
I, I believe uh, two things. One is he was uh, a fiery character with with a drive and a zeal and outspoken. And number two, he, he really believed what he preached. Now, everyone else believed too, but they weren't outspoken. He was not scared, and he was driven, and because of that, people feared him. I mean, this I can speak about as well. But people actually feared him, and Rebshag of Feivel Mendelovich, as an example, I'm writing now a book on Torah Vadas and Lubavitch, I'm finishing it. Rebshag of Feivel Mendelovich, Migodl Mimenu, what he did for American Yiddishkeit, that we all know. And when him and Rabbi Hutner had signed documents from New York State to open the American Judaism University so that boys should not get lost in Brooklyn College and other colleges, Huli, etc. And he said, I have to go to discuss this with Aaron Cutler because in the past he discussed it with Chaim Moiser who wasn't alive anymore. And Aaron Cutler, and I was told this by Schneier Lehman who heard it from his father who was the one that made it all happen. And um, and uh, Baron Cutler spent an hour or so, and he came out. He said, "We are not doing it anymore." Yeah, now that's so, that. So that is you, powerful. Uh, yeah, my Schwer was the son of of Rav Shraga Feivel. And oh, really, really, yeah. which one? From Beis Shraga, Rav Shmuel, Zecharin Lavrachov, right? Oh wow, wow, and, okay. Yeah, and 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 the way I recall the way he he would say over, he said that Rav Shraga Feivel. The respect that he had for Rabaran was, he said, Rabaran was already a real Rosh Hashiva in Europe, right? So it was sort of like he was the only like supplanted Rosh Hashiva who came from Europe who had actually a real yeshiva, a big yeshiva, a respected yeshiva. That was one thing he said. So he was sort of stood on all, quote-unquote, the local G'dayla. Okay. And the other thing he said is, he said, Rabaran, and I heard this also, Rab Aaron, in learning, there was nobody who could keep up with him. Rab Nachem, I learned by Rab Nachem in the Mir, said that uh, he was, after he left Shanghai, he spent like a year or so in America in the Mir. He said, and Rab Aaron would come to the Mir once in a while, and Rab Nachem was a real Eli. So he said, Rab Aaron would, would, enjoy, would ask him to go for a walk so that he could talk to him in learning. So he said that we were learning Yavamis, and Rab Nachem knew Yavamis backwards and forwards. He says, and Rabaran started talking and learning. He says, King's Highway. It's a very short block to King's Highway, from the mirror to King's Highway. He says, I was able right. to keep up with his computations. Till King's Highway, he said, after that, I totally lost them. So, Rabnachem was an Eli himself. So, it seems that in learning, I heard this Rav Savitsky said, he said, who was also an Eli, was with Shtikol Makurov with Chabad. He said, yes. Rabaran's Tfisa, he said, was like a. a, a like a, a a bow shot from an arrow it was in, just incredible. So they were intimidated by his kaya That's what I heard from my shver. I don't know if you've heard similar things, but I'm just trying to give you. You're saying he was a gavramis tafinamine. So I'm giving you maybe two another points of reference as to why. Right. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, just uh, by the way, I would say, and and, and who am I? You know, <laughs> but. I think there's only one other person who could hold cup with him. It was Rav Salavechik, the Rav. Uh, the Rav, as much as the right wing doesn't like the Rav, Rav Yasha Ben Salavechik was the top. Okay. 
Right, so let's go back to it. So, so Rabaran, you're saying they may or may not have had a disagreement about the Vod. It seems they did, but we don't know that it was a, sort of any type of a political disagreement, except as a Mishana Mitzdakal or Tzedakah maybe disagreement. But what was ideologically, what was differences between okay, Rabaran so and, I'm, and I'm, so I'm getting, I'm getting, So I'm getting to where I was making the point. So Rabaran became the, the, the spokesman. He became the point man. He was the, the, the godl. He was the, the individual. The Rayat didn't, didn't accept that. <laughs> Simply. The Rayat was a Rebbe. You know, he wasn't a literature godl. Uh, the Rayat had an entire network of, 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 of not just yeshivas and kadorim, but askonis. Uh, and it's so much pop, uh, recorded in his letters. So he wasn't going to, you know, uh, ask Rabaran, besides that he was older than Rabaran, for an opinion. And I believe that that uh, really bothered uh, not only Rabaran, but uh, the establishment. Okay, but were there any... This would make it a little bit more uh, on a personal level. Are there any ideological, not personal differences that, that you would, you know what I mean? Well, you know, so again, so the third, the third Nakuda, the third point, um, is Rabaran was a Slabotka Talmud, and like Rab Nosson Kamenetsky told me, when I asked him about Rab Yaakov, Rab Yankel Kamenetsky's opinion of Hasidus in, in general, not only Chabad, Hasidus, Hasidus in general, and he said, my father wasn't a Masnagit, he was, he was indifferent, he didn't care for it, they didn't talk to him. And I asked him, you know, was that the sentiment in Slabotka? He told me yes. This is what Rabnosan said that his father said. That it wasn't that anyone spoke against Hasidim or Hasidus in Slabotka, but that it it it, it, it was a, you know, a small change. It's not uh, it's not where it's at, you know. Madame uh, Schiff and 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 Chaim and and Bear, you know, and and Musser is where it's at. So Reb Aaron, uh, I believe, had a similar feeling, you know, a similar feeling. However, these other issues, which, you know, you say is more personal, they exacerbated the issue where it became uh, head, butting heads between the Rayats and Reb Aaron. But I think philosophically... He wasn't, you know, I mean, I know the Oilam side, the Chabad Oilam side, the Litvish Oilam in the past has said, you know, oh, the, he was a big besnagged to, to Chesidus Chabad. Uh, um, I'm not sure if he was a besnagged to Chesidus Chabad or he was indifferent. Outwardly, definitely he had the, the, the feelings and, and vibes of, 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 of uh, misnagdish kite. Yeah, Rabbi Dolphin, you're a historian. I, I've heard, and I, I, I'm, I'm not a historian, that um, Rabaran had a, a shita in Lakewood, Bechayev, no strimals in the yeshiva, and no mikveh in the yeshiva. Correct. Is that, tr- is that true? That is true. That and is true. I verified it. So, so is it fair to say that, that Rabaran's, you know, view of the world, of Yiddishkeit was, is that, uh, you know, it's, you know, terasayum nasay, that there's there's nothing you know it's a you know the eidoid bolvade is 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 there was the concept of tyrolishma is the most important thing in the world, and any he didn't want to bring in anything that could sort of be a red herring lead people away from that so he didn't want mikvahs or strimals he didn't want university in other words it's learning and tyrolishma and that's all is, is that is that probably like the core of what you yeah know, I and, wrote and, that. 
and, and to a I wrote extent, that in the book. And Chabad is certainly has a very different philosophical outlook than, you know, Torah Lishma is, you know, the is the essence of what Yiddishkeit is supposed to be. Is that is that fair to say that would be an ideological difference? Well, the latter the latter statement uh, I I can't agree with. The first part of your statement I agree with. That Barnes he didn't want, as we say, Malkus in Lakewood. You know, Edgavolt Lennon, Lennon, and Lennon. Learning, learning, learning with Shema, and uh, and that's it. As far as how Chabad understands Torah Lishma, it's a very long discussion, and it, it's not for now. Yeah, I I I I, I can't say I agree with you the way you you phrased it. Well, let me give you an example. If, if according to Rabaran's values of Tyra Lushma, right, would yes. it be fair to say that he didn't want mikvah for that reason? He didn't want strimals. He didn't want university. I'm sure it would, or it stands to reason in line, he wouldn't want mitzvah tanks, right? He wouldn't want guys leaving yeshiva at a young age to go to far-flung areas of the world, albeit, right, for kiruv, right? So when you know when you have you can't have this is you know if the most important thing in your mitzvah is tirel shema the most important things means other very important things just aren't the most important thing so is it fair to say that when we talk about tirel shema we're saying in chabad avad tirel shema is a big thing but it is not the thing and by rabban it was the thing and this caused the chasm I'll I'll answer it this way. The Hefeinu Teresecha in Chabad since the Rayat's time and our Rebbe's time, Hefeinu Teresecha has put a hold on the Torah Lishma emphasis. Right. And that's, and, that's, and that's worth discussing. Could you uh, 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 elucidate? You could tell us, about, you know, open up this topic a little bit. Well, the Rebbe Rayat's um, made a yeshiva when he came to America in 1940 at 770 Eastern Parkway in Crown Heights, which was so successful in Rusland, and then the Chadorim and the Machteres, the underground yeshivas, and he, and he brought it here. And some of the best Talmudim of Teravadas, Reb Meir Greenberg, Reb Mendel Feldman, these are names that are known in the Olam HaYeshivas of Teravadas. Um, they started to learn Hasidus with Rabbi Yisrael Jacobson in the 30s, and they gravitated it, and some of them actually went to Otvotsk, to the Lubavitch Shiva in Poland, uh, which was there since 1935, and then when the war broke out, the, 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 everyone ran away. So, But they went two weeks before, and uh, then they saved themselves, and they came back to America. So his best Talmidim, um, the, the best Talmidim became the, the first Talmidim of the yeshiva, with them the yeshiva was founded. And then, the, and then, and then the Rayats sent them to open day schools. By the way, before the Shraga Five, which started in 1941 or 42, but that, that's for another time, another discussion. Anyway, so so he sent them out, and uh, yes, it was Rabaran and others. And Reb Shagafayevul, I heard as well. They didn't agree with it. They they said, you know, on the contrary, if these if they're shaykh, shaykh to godless, the greatness in Torah, why are you sending them away? But the Rayat sets a brenta fire, and the the Yiddish kinder all over the United States. We have to save them. And uh, so he was Moshe Nefesh. He sent them. Our Rebbe took a, a, a generation of, of you know people came from Russia and. Um, Families were wiped out. Uh, communism got to family members, 
and he rebuilt from nothing in the 1950s, and he started with his own Hasidim, men and women. And that grew, and my father got involved in Lubavitch in 1950 as a boy in Eretz and it was in Morocco, and it was in Eretz learning. My, I'll give you, you speak about Torah Lishma. My father learned by Rav Shleim Chaim Kesselman, who was the Mashpia in, in, in Luden, then Krachabad in the 1950s. It was all about learning and davening. There was no, no running around. <laughs> They're putting on film with Eden. Okay, then in 55, 56, 57, they started to go out to the Kibbutzim, and, and then it was Farats that came in 50. But the primary thing was to learn and daven. They raised real Tamid Chachomim, and the same in France, in the Babaji Yeshiva in the 50s in France, and, and every single one can, can, can discuss Ksas and the Sivas backwards and forwards. I, I know the people, I, I know they've discussed what Litvish Shabachrim at the airport, they stand to put on Tfilun, and when Litvish Shabachrim come by and they start speaking Ksas, and the guy doesn't know, I can't believe it. You're standing here putting on Tfilun, and you know Ksas better than me. So there was a seriousness to learn. Learning, learning title Lishma. However, when there when there was this this fire, that Rebbe said that you know, you have to have misiras nefesh. Obviously, Reb Aaron and others felt otherwise. It was a legitimate disagreement. Well, they, they say over. I've heard this so many times when I was in yeshiva. Yeah, they say that from Rebbe Yisrael Salanta as a yeshiva bacha this to learn tablat gemara is ayid in Paris tushdanavera. Okay. It was sort of that that the core of the core of of of, of Klal Yisrael is Tyra Lishma is Limud Atayra, and if we do our Limud Atayra, the Rabbeinu Shalaylam and the, or the waves, the energy from it will sort of spread through the world. And this is clearly a, a, re, a area where Chabad disagrees. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes, yes. But but again, n- n- not that there's any less importance to Teir Lushma. It's not a fatal Teir Secha, so you put the Teir Lushma on hold. Well, there is a, so it is a difference. They hold Teir Lushma can never be put on hold, and they hold, uh, and Chabad holds that in, in, in a time of, of uh, I think I think we had a, a guest, one of our guests one day, he said if. If your if your brother's house is on fire, you don't say, "Let me learn a lot gemara." You go with a, a, a fire extinguisher. Exactly, exactly. So, but but exactly. they held that that the Torah holds up the world, and therefore, if you're learning, the fire will go out. It's a very okay. big ideological difference, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. By the way, what you said earlier about the mikvah, the streimels, you know that if Schneier <laughs> from the he took over, he changed all that. You know that, right? Yeah, but <laughs> I, 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 I would just—I'm curious whether whether he would regret it or not. And why do I say it? I say that if you go to Lakewood today, it's it's very different than when Rabaran was there. When you know, even when I was there, it changed dramatically. You know, the, the city used to be like uh, really uh, the Yungalite were the star, the Talmidei Chachamim were the stars. But now, already you have bells and the crown of Rabaran's dream. Which was the, the like you said the young man who could who could who could to talk all day and 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 once it gets and once you open up the gates you know there's there's you know there 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 are fancy homes and fancy shopping centers and you know it's the spark of Tyra of 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 pure and clean Tyra is a dover that's really not from this world, right? It comes from, you know, you know, that is the spark of Tyra, and it's very easy to dilute it 
with Gashmias. It's very easy to dilute it with all kinds of Weltanschungs. With, 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 Absolutely. With, so, and, and, and if you would ask me, I just wonder if, if, if Reb Shneia came to Lakewood today, or a baron came, and they would say, why did you open the gates? There's, there's, there's 50 states and there's 10,000 townships in America. Couldn't we have one township with a younger light, with a star, where, where if, a, if a younger man is living on his, his $10,000 a year, Banias, he doesn't have to have his kishkaris, and by the guy next door building a 20-story building. Like, yeah, there is something very beautiful, and it's only one place in America. Why can't we keep it pristine? So when you say Rip Schneier changed it, I, I, I just asked the question, question out there was it or was it not a good thing I hear you, and, and you know, I, I, I'm not in the position really to, to answer that, but I, I, I hear your argument, and, and you know, it makes sense. I, I hear it. Could you think of another ideological disagreement with Rabaran and Chabad? My research points to Rabaran having more respect for the last Rebbe of Lubavitch, that or what we say, what we call. Today's Rebbe, our Rebbe, versus Ramash. the Ramash, well, the before he became, it was called Ramash before he became Rebbe. The Rebbe versus the Friedrich Rebbe. Okay. And, and, and the reason for that, I believe, is if you compare the two, uh, uh, the two uh, Matsevis at the Oihel, there's one difference between the two. Almost all the words are the same. By the Rebbe, they added the word Hagoin Ho'eliki. Uh, because the Rebbe in learning was a going oilam. Pasha in learning, nigla, nigla, you know, gemara, halacha, tzos, you know, and 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 uh, he stood out in that area, and the Rebbeinu respected that, as you could imagine, and that's why he had, I think, less issues with him than with the Rayats. As far as as far how, as how, um, how do you see that? How how would you document that? Like, give me an example. I documented it uh, because um, in 1960 there was a meeting which uh, the Rashag Garari, Rabbi Garari, by the way, worked very well with Rabbi Aaron when it, because of the arts program and I don't know if it was called arts then, but the yeshiva oh funding you know different funding that the, that the yeshivas were getting or trying to get, and they I spoke to Rabbi Moshe Bogomilsky who was like work helping the Rashab who told me this. So he told me that at one meeting he was there, Arab Aaron turned to the Rashag and he said, Vosokt wegen dem. And he said it in a respectful way. He, he you know, again, uh, he's not he's not a chosit, but he, in other words, at Skerechent, he wanted to hear what the day of, of, of the Rebbe was. I mean, that was and one what, thing. What that was, he, and what, what was the topic? The topic was uh, the topic. It wasn't a topic in learning. It was a topic of whether we should get reparations. I think it was about reparations. I think I, I don't recall, or maybe he didn't tell me the details. But it was about some issue that uh, the Lubavitch Yeshiva, uh, which was uh, directed by Rabbi Garari and Reb Aaron, were working on together. And he he suddenly turned and he wanted to know what was the Rebbe's opinion. Now he obviously knew that Rabbi Garari checked everything with the Rebbe, you know, and discussed everything and wanted his final approval. So Rabbi wanted to know, and, and Rabbi Bogomilski told me it was done, he said it, not in a condescending way, but in a respectful way. You know, what, I'd like to hear what your, 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 your brother-in-law, the Babich Rebbe, says about it. Mm-hmm. 
Was there a difference, Rabbi Dolphin, that Rabbi Aaron was opposed to, um, very fiery opposed to sending single Bahram places? Like, you know, besides going to, you know, different areas, he felt that certainly when they're Bahram, before they become Mamish, Eingezaltzen learn, he said, even if you hold of a Feru Tarasecha, you know, Hashem, a, a single Bachar should never be put at, you know, in a place where it could compromise his 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 steiging. Did, did you have do you have any background I, well, on that? I, I, I didn't I didn't find research to 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 the emphasis that you're making of single Bacharim. What I what I heard was that he was opposed to you know, you, 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 Bacharim and 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 you like young people who should be learning. And you know, the bottom wanted them to continue learning all their life, but lechala pachas after they get married. So so to say that the emphasis was because they're single and they can get ruined, you know, because of this, they're not married. If that's what you're asking about, that I didn't hear. Now, what about as far as let's say the 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 the, the had a big program, Alta Ligula. Okay, and you're asking if Adam was opposed to that. You know, it's interesting. The whole emphasis on on uh, you know um, on yeah on the Lauta Lagula. What 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 did, what, did you, what did your study show? So what I st- study shows like this that that the Chazoyin Ish, uh, I believe, who um, had an issue with that. Although we have a document where he gave money. He gave money, actually. We have his name. He gave money in 1943 or 44 to the to, to Lubavitch Yeshiva there. But my understanding is that he, he, he heard that in America, Rab Aaron and some of the other Gedolim and Yeshivas were, not, uh, were very upset about this whole campaign. So he um, kind of also got, got upset. That, that I, I, did find, I did come across that. But at the same time, at the same time, uh, I'm not sure if it was, you know, the Alta Geula campaign that that was the trigger. I think it was more another issue in the early 40s. He came out. He he he. The Rayats uh, had a journal newspaper called Hakriya Vagdusha from 41 to 45, which was to build the Emuna in Giden who were losing it because of the Holocaust. It wasn't under Lubavitch. It was under, you know, just a separate name. Uh, but the Oilam knew who was behind it. And in there, there were Maimorim that the, the Rayats wrote on certain Mishnahs, like Akavya Bamahawal Oimer. And he brought the Taich that uh, Akavya is a heel, Mloshen Ekev, Ben Mahalal Mloshen Hilu. So uh, the Piata, that even the heel of a Yid gives praise to the Abishter. And Valderich there, Elu Metzia Shaloi, you know, Shnayim Eichim Metalis, you know, two people are holding on the Shama, Zayim Kudushali, Zayim Kudushali, you know, they're arguing, I made him a Balshuva, I made him a Balshuva. And, and the Eulam Matayreb Aaron and, and others, you know, they, 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 they had an issue with this because they felt that he's like, they felt that he's kind of um, insulting a serious fish in a piece of Gemara, and he's making small change of it. Drayats, Drayats wasn't at all coming from there. He was talking to 
to to to a broken welt and and to to amaratsin and to and to simple people and he wanted to give them his sadness so he used Chazal to give him his sadness but this really upset Rabshleimahim and I heard also was upset and Rabshleimahim was already a very passive type of person but this bothered him so this was a big issue in the early 40s and I I, I really believe that this was a trigger for the and 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 he said I, we can't go along with this. And was that also a short shadragah sapara? I believe that was Tyre. Yes, 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 yes. Shire that whole yes, yes. Of Merkava shadragah to shire for Natsilas. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So they were taking. He was taking sugyas that for them were very real and very halacha, very chayshem mishpat, and turning it into like chasidus, and was a little bit. Uh, uh, sort of again, it's rubbing on the Tyrolishma element. I guess you could put it that way. You know, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't see it put that way, but it was, it was. They felt, um, you know, kind of too much um, feeding into the uh, the simple folk. So yes, you know, you could, you could. Act, I'm think as you say that. I'm thinking it's like going back to the times the Balatanya and the Gro and the, 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 those times. It was like the uh, Chilukideus, you know. Do you do you look at a do you look at a yid as a bentayda, and a bentayda is everything, and someone who's not a bentayda is a second class citizen, is a second tier, or the Torahs of Balshemtiv, especially as elaborated by the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe, Rebbe Zalman, named Ikiris the Neshama, and then paid the Klamath Beis and Tanya says it can go to Zion that the person's uh, the, the simple person's Neshama is higher, greater. And the Bentayda, I fade that 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 caused the uh, uh, you know. <laughs> well, well, Rabbi Dolphin, the, the Misil Shisharim and the Shara Kedusha already writes how the simple person, the tailor, who does his work, right, and 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 does it l'shem shemayim in the most beautiful way. Who knows how great he could be greater than somebody who's learning, right? So it's it's not necessarily Hasidish or the Sato came before Hasidus. I think it's probably the issue is more that they felt that. To, to make, you know, drush and divrei chizuk out of, you know, Arba Avis Nezikin and Shor Shadagach Sapara and Sugyas and learning, um, um, you know, was something that to them was inappropriate, more than Pashat the Yidr. And, you know, even if the biggest Lamdan did it, they probably would have been upset. So is it, is that possible that it's more that than the Pashat the versus not Pashat the Yes, it is. But but I can just tell you, but the Uvda, I talk a little, you know, I'm from the 60s, 70s, etc. You know, I could, I'm not saying this has to brag, you know. I mean, I learned Nigla when I was a bacha to three in the morning. I mean, just the sefers. I knew, I knew Gemara Balper. I mean, I was Teichat Vorim Kolkuli in Lubavitch. They learned seven hours, seven hours, and they wouldn't go to the bathroom. Straight Nigla. So, so to say that the Rayats the Chavraya were 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 you know <laughs> belittling and and thought of Gemara any less than of Kedusha. There are Aaron the Chavraya. I I don't I don't agree. Nor was then. Nor was then the, the the appeal and the and the marketing of it. Okay, let's use today's term. The marketing of it was what was different, uh, and Arabaran didn't agree to the marketing of it. Could you think of any other ideological differences?
No, I mean, you know, uh, some want to argue that, you know, the Mashiach issue, but I, I don't I don't believe that was, uh, that, that, I don't think that was a, an issue um, at the time, you know. No, no, I, I wouldn't say so. Well, I'll tell you that <clears throat> when I learned in Lakewood, the Mashiach, Sukharim Levrach, Reb Nassim, used to have a suitcase yeah. packed. That is, at all times near him, if Mashiach comes, he has his clothing and his whatever he needs to go to go with Mashiach there to Yisrael. And I've heard from, when I was in Lakewood, I heard that, you know, they woke him, something woke him up in the middle of the night, it was like a star, and he jumped up, he ran to grab his suitcase, he said, So I don't, I don't know that necessarily that would have been an issue. I'm just asking as a question. Yeah, well, do, you have, do you have anything else you would like to add on to this? To, what, to this whole discussion? Yeah, discussion. Where the, the two, you know, and, and, and when I say discussion, to me, you know, it's like the, 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 the Rashi says in, 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 in Baloisa, he says, he says that the, the you know, the Machleikisen from Yidin coming from Roimimus, nish from Shiflis. Right. And each one had, you know, each, we were talking about G'dayli'elam, and they had different, you know, Hashkafah. So it's more about understanding the Hashkafah of each one, and, and by understanding it, we can get enriched. That, I agree. That, so, you I, I agree, and, the, and that's, and that's the, the general Mahalach of my books, what you just said now. That's the Mahalach. I want to understand both sides. I'm not looking for Lush and Hara, that's not. But to understand both sides, both sides, you have to discuss it and you have to try to understand where is he coming from, where is he coming from. I just want to, you asked me what else I would have. I want to say that this, you know, today, so many years later, you know, so but you said, you know, you asked me for what if Rabbi and Rabbi Shnei were back and they looked at Lakewood. But I want to say, I think you once had on uh, Rabbi Aaron Cutler, the, the 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 CEO, you know, named after Zayda. I heard that uh, t- uh, that program of yours, and uh, it was an interesting, you know, uh, discussion. Very interesting. I want to say that whether the Mahalach is to build mini kolelim, as he espoused at that program, whether the Mahalach is to open Chabad houses today, uh, I could say. What the Rebbe said for years, there's no more misnagdim, and I really believe that, and that's the case. That Baruch Hashem, that era is finished. You know, there's a, there's a, there's some emphasize this and some emphasize there, but Baruch Hashem, Klai Yisrael, whether it be Litvisha and Chassidisha, whether it be Satmar and Lubavitch, you know, things that I write about, um, we really, really, Baruch Hashem, I feel, have come to a place where we're all contributing in, in a positive way, and uh, there's a lot better relationships, and, and that's the way it should be. Do you, do you agree or disagree with what I just said? So, I, I'm not sure, and, and I'll tell you why. Okay, Rafutin Zukharn Lavrachat he said Samogaven Ayid in Varsha, right? He was he was a great Sigavir. So he had two Adams. He took two best Adams. One only ate milchiks and one only ate fleshiks. Right? At Kinumin Adam at Givena Goyes and Rebshaya Milchiga. Yeah. And he only ate milchiks and they made for him a Bazundra Milchiga Kich. They made his own Milchiga kitchen. Yeah. And they ate it and they the other one had a fleishiger, remendel a fleishiger. You know, he had it his kitchen, and he would learn in his kitchen. They never ate together. What happened? The shver became a yoyer. He lost his money. 
And instead of giving this one, you know, rich cheeses and and with alumini luxion and and milk and bechulu, and this one you're giving gebratne leberlach and 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 who knows what, he gave potatoes. Yes. So one day Reb Shaya meets Reb Mendel. He says, "Azich hab gehad alumini kez mit milchix mit und du hast gehad gebratne leber. Hast du gegessen? You ate in your kitchen and I ate with my kitchen. Today, all we have is potatoes." Is Lama essence is Amen. Right? So uh, I yeah, said it. Yeah. He said, you know, the Bachlaikis, Chsidim, and Litvaks, I'm also given the Goyim from Vilna, and to given Arab Yisrael Barshem. He said, hi, Mizanara Malaites, all my essence is Amen, let's eat together. So, you know, on one hand, it's a beautiful thing, but on the other hand, it comes from poverty. Like if there was another Balshem, and there was another Vilna guy, and Volman, they would talk to go to their separate kitchens. So th- that separateness again comes from an area of greatness and and Ashiras and Das, right? Comes from yeah. Raimamus, not from Aeneas. So I think in a matzav of Aeneas, Edachadabi, it's good that we get together, but recognize that it it does mean that we we have less of our own greatness and diversity. I hear you. It's a good point. So, so I don't know. I, 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 certainly, as Mizan Norma Light's home essence is Amen. There's no doubt. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. Bye-bye. The winners to last week's riddle are Shlomi Kogan and Avram Weiss. We had a number of winners, but we sort of did a goyrol, and these are the ones we came up with. And they will be receiving the new Safer. And uh, we look forward to next week's winners. Yeah, hi. I just want to call. I just want to give some answers to the riddles that were asked. The first riddle was asked that the Gemara says uh, the Kash on the Ramban, the Ramban holds that Yishev Eretz Yisrael, the Mitzvah say, was trying the Gemara and cites the Fidal that says that the Av Moshe Rabbeinu Kohen Eretz Yisrael, and he said because it was Harbi Mitzvah since Av Yisrael, the Eichem the Sky and all by Eretz Yisrael, Achayra the Mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael. So why did he have to say all the mitzvahs? So the Meshachachma in Parshas Re'eh, the first Meshachachma in Parshas Re'eh, Parakid Alf, Pasuk Lam and Alf, he says that it's Muchach from here, from the Pasuk over there in Parshas Re'eh, Virash, the Moshe Vishavtim, but the mitzvahs Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, even in Eber HaYarding. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't, want, didn't ask to go to Eretz Yisrael because of the mitzvahs Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, because he had already the mitzvahs Yishuv Eretz Yisrael in Eber HaYarding. And I heard the similar this answer also B'Shem of Yaakov Kamenetsky once. That's that's one answer. And if, even if you want to argue and say the Lumetz of Yishev Eretz Yisrael and Eivar Yardin, Kolmakim, you could say a Teretz Al Pi, what's more in the Tashvitz and Chelik Gimel and Reish, that the Mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael, even according to Ramban, that the Mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael, the Etzim Yishev is not the Mitzvah. The Yisoid of the Mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael is Al Yidei Zayi, you can be kind of the Mitzvah of Police Barts, the Lashon of the Tashvitz, there's a few Lashonis, but one of them is Chiv Halazul the Mitzvah Dira Eni Elvet Pneha Mitzvah Hanoyeg Isbah, and the Beis Alevi says also that this is Pshat Taisus of Chaim Koyin Ksubis that says that there's no mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael because a lot of mitzvahs of Pulis Ba'aretz you don't have anymore. Because there's no mitzvah Pulis Ba'aretz, why should that be that there's no mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael? So Beis Alevi says why because the whole talk the whole Yisrael of the mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael is in kind of mitzvahs. So if he's there, you could say that's Pshat Ramban that the Ramban holds that the whole talk to the mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael is in kind of mitzvahs. So the Meilu, so the Meilu that's Pshat Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu said that uh, that he wanted to be kind of the mitzvahs, and he didn't say that he wanted to be kind of mitzvahs Yishev Eretz Yisrael, because the whole tachas of mitzvahs Yishev Eretz Yisrael is not a tachas of pnei Yisrael, only to be kind of the mitzvahs. 
That's when you gave the first riddle. When you gave when you gave the second riddle about <clears throat> what's the chiluk between a roifei and a rav and a shliach bezdin. So the Tosefta you mentioned the Saki Gepaskins and the Saki Gepaskins and Shulchan Aruch, and the Aruch Shulchan Taka says on the spot that Avadi uh, have to say that it's only if the Roifu was Misrashal. Abulamayis the other Achronim say different Tzurotim. Happens to be that the 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 Tashbit, ironically, Tashbit a few Chuvas away from the Chuva that I mentioned before, also asked the Kash, and he says Pashd Yesh Lachalik. So there's a there's a there's a basically there's a Mahalik from the Birki Yosef and other Achronim that they say. That is a chiluk that oh, by by a, by a rav or by by a shliach bezin when they give the makis. So even if they end up killing the person, the ma'aseh was a mitzvah in the etzem makis that they gave. Mashiach by roifei, if he ended up being mazik the person, and it comes out that the ma'aseh that they, he did to be merata wasn't a ma'aseh mitzvah. Um, so 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 he he could go to golos. Kama chreinim, and that's to be pshat the tashbut. I'm just going to end off that the guyoni ashas in mesechtas bracha says another two interesting terutz into the shaila. He says that. First of all, he said he said one third he says is that since the if the Khoila would be Misrapa by himself, there wouldn't be a mitzvah to be Mirapin. The only mitzvah to Mirapin is only because he because he that's the only way to to get better. So Zakhtar and the male is considered a Heksha mitzvah. Bring the right to that that's the one Khidish that he says. And the second Khidish that he says is bring the Ramban beginning parshas the Khukhoisha along Ramban, the Ramban says that if somebody has Rikli Yamuna and Hashem and he goes to Lyopidar Khatev and he's trusting Hashem, he doesn't need a Roifei. So the male, the whole mitzvah that that a Roifei has is not is any mitzvah called Kach. He says, from the male, since it's not a mitzvah called Kach, the male is not going to be considered a Isaac mitzvah to be potter from Gol. So those are the three Mahalchim to Miyashiv, the second riddle. Thank you very much, Kaltos. Yeah, I'd like to answer the two questions that you raised. Question number one, why, if there's a mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael, why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu ask to go in because of the mitzvah? He only asked because of the beginning time the mitzvah of Tulis Baruch. Uh, there are a number of Turutsim. Uh, the Mesha Chachmad or Sumer in Parshas Re'eh is a terrace that the Mitzvah Yishevaret Yisrael is, uh, before there was Kibbush Rechilot, would be, you would be able to be Mekayim in Haver Hayarden. It says that they're, uh, by Benegadu, 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 technically, he didn't have to ask for Kim Yishevaret Yisrael, he had it in Haver Hayarden. Uh, Mayor Don Pletch, the one who wrote the Chemdres Yisrael, says that, or at least he has a suffer that possibly, since the Torah says, Shevet Levi never took a Chevet in Eretz Yisrael, they maybe don't have a Mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael, which is a bit Kiddish, so what my Shabbat only is, for Mitzvah Satu Yisbarat. But then questions, perhaps, since they took Ori Migros, that might be sufficient. And also, where Noshim didn't take a Chavit Baruch, and it's Mustafa that they also have a Mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. There's also the Tzopnes Paneach and Parshas Vaz Hanan. And want to say also that could be the whole here of, of Mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael is because of the Mitzvah of Kibush. If you don't have Kibush, you're not Matuv and Kibush, and Slavic Levi and Noshim are not Mechlal Kibush, so they weren't Mechlal the Mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Gone the question of what's the difference between a Rafe who kills by accident and he goes and goes, even though Rafi has a mitzvah to heal, and a father who's teaching his son uh, also has a mitzvah, and if he hits him too hard, or shlich bezin, to enforce bezin, or according to the rabbi, talking about the person going to, person gives a little bit hard, somebody who's high malchus hits him a little bit too hard, also a mitzvah, so what's the difference? Um, the basic uh, difference is that a the job of a rifle is to heal. And so healing is the nicer mitzvah. And if he kills, he does something that's for 
not healing. That's uh, even though she's trying to heal. That's not an act of healing. A father or shlich bezin has a mitzvah to hit. Seichel, of course. So that act is an act of mitzvah. It's a mice mitzvah. And you can do this uh, to make him learn. Same thing with a shlich bezin. He's doing his job. Whatever he's doing, that what he's doing is a mice mitzvah. Uh, whether or not you learn shlich bezin and he's hitting a person who is high malker, he hit him maybe a little bit too hard or according to the to the Rambam. But either way, by shank and by a uh, so by but by a father or by a shlich bezin, the act that he's doing is a mitzvah. Just he did it a little bit too hard and that caused the person to die. Um, and I think if you look in the Yad Avram, it's printed in Moshe Chanoch Shem Shin Lamed Vav. Beginning of uh, and also there's a safe of some rush with some safe from the rush and Sinishin Pavov. I think this is this is that this is what they really meant to say.